Hey, hey, welcome to the OP, your friendly neighborhood Mavs devoted podcast. My name is Bo. You can find me on Twitter at Mavs Highlights. I do only and just the very Mavsiest of all Mavsy things. Look up Mavsy in the dictionary. You find my Twitter handle. Uh, I hope you guys had a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful holiday season. If you celebrated a different holiday, I hope it was wonderful for you and your family. Just a little pulling back the curtain for a second. Um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I've had a lifetime of wonderful Christmases because this past Christmas was without a doubt the, um, I don't want to say the worst, but uh, it was the worst. <laughs> it was the worst Christmas I've ever had in my whole entire life. Uh, my son, my six-year-old, who's been, you know, that age, think about when you were six and looking forward to Christmas. Christmas is, is everything. It's the coolest holiday there is, you know. Um not just for uh, not just for the presents, but all of the other important meanings of Christmas. And so my little six-year-old was excited and thrilled. And two days before Christmas, got uh, just very uh, very sick. And and so we're like, oh man, I hope Knox is okay. I hope he's going to be all right, my little buddy. Um, but it turns out he had strep and the flu and a fever of 104 degrees uh, on Christmas Eve. <laughs> and so uh, Christmas was very tough because on Christmas, it became very clear that I had picked up the flu as well. And so Christmas was half our family trying to avoid the other half, the sick half, while at the same time uh, opening a couple presents. And uh, so no no extended family got to come over. We didn't get to have the giant you know, Christmas meal or feast or whatever you call it. Um, it was literally just a lot of sick people trying not to get more sick and really trying not to get the healthy people in the house sick. So I hope your Christmas, all that to say, I hope your Christmas was wonderful. Uh, I hope it was great. I hope uh, you got to spend time with family. I hope you remembered the reason for the season. I hope, uh, I hope whatever holiday you were celebrating was wonderful. And I hope you even got the gifts you wanted. We did get a Christmas present a day late. Luka Doncic came back. And, uh, man, it was so great to have him back. Um, excuse me. Um, last night the Mavs played the, um, Golden State Warriors and, um, you know, the Warriors are not very good, but they had won four straight games and the Mavs, this is probably pretty late in the podcast to be telling you the score of the game. The Mavs just absolutely kicked their butts. 141 to 121. Um, this is the second time the Mavs have destroyed the Warriors and, um, Luca played spectacularly. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. showed up. Chris Epps was all right. Seth played a really, really good game for him. Uh, we'll talk about all that in just a second. Uh, but the Mavs absolutely crushed the Warriors, pulling away in the second half, a game that at the, the first half was hotly and tightly contested. Very close game. Matter of fact, if you look at the lead tracker for the scoring of the game, the Warriors led most of the first half and even led going into the third quarter. It wasn't until about halfway through the third that the Mavs started pulling away. I think a lot of us were watching this game going, Mavs are going to pull away. Mavs are going to get this. There's no way that the Warriors are going to stay this hot. D'Angelo Russell was human lava. He was like the character from the Fantastic Four, um, the Human Torch. He was just a human on fire. He could not miss. He had, I believe, the number was eight first half three pointers. Um, now he ended the game with only 35 points. I say only because it seemed like he was going to have 50. Right? Um, I, I think he had. 
20 in the first quarter or 18. He had, he had just a ton of points. He was just absolutely going off. He couldn't miss there in the first quarter. He was just spectacularly hot. If you, if you followed, uh, D'Lo's career, you know, he can get like this. He can get in that zone that only the kind of the upper tier offensive players ever get in where he's just unstoppable. And he was, he was just hitting every shot, draining every three. Uh, like I said, he ended the game, um, with 35 points. A lot of that's because he missed a big chunk of the game due to a neck, spine, back, head injury scare where he slammed into Luca's hip when they were both going for a ball. Um, they brought out the stretcher and everything. Um, so let me just go on. He, he ended with 35 points, six assists, four rebounds. Really nice game from him. 13 from 21 from the field. Didn't get one free throw, which is continuing like one of the outstanding criticisms of D'Lo is he just really doesn't shoot many free throws. He doesn't attack the rim very effectively. Uh, nine of 14 from three. All of that in only 30 minutes of action. He would have played much more except for uh, he sat a long time um, for an injury scare. I guess he was fine because he came back and played. Didn't didn't really have the same fire. Didn't really have the same impact after coming back, which is totally understandable. But this was another one of those games where, when those first you know ten minutes or so, the first quarter, it was all D'Angelo Russell, right? That's who you were thinking of. But you should have been also paying attention to Luka Doncic, who not to the extreme extent wasn't just drilling everything from thirty feet away. Um, but Luca was holding his own. He was he was keeping the Mavs uh, close, uh, even though it was in the first quarter that the the Dubs had their biggest lead of nine. The Mavs' biggest lead in the second half was thirty. Uh, but Luca just once again had an absolutely historic night: thirty-one points, fifteen assists, twelve rebounds, fifteen assists, and only three turnovers. That's a five-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio. That is spectacular. 8 of 16 from the field, hit all 10 of his free throws, and was 5 of 8 from 3. My gosh, he put up 31, 15, 12, 2 steals, and he did it in only 42 minutes, right? No. No. 30 minutes of game action. This fool put those numbers up. Like, what in the world? Mavs PR at Mavs PR posted a couple really fascinating uh, statistical um, facts about that game. Doncic uh, is the first player in NBA history to log a 30 plus point, 12 plus point, 15 or more assists in a game within 30 minutes or fewer. He's the only player to ever have done that. Doncic is also the first player in history to record multiple 30-point triple-doubles of any kind in his career with 30 minutes or fewer played. (laughs) I'm sorry, there's the sickness coming back. Um, I want to read that last one again. Doncic is also the first player in history, not the first player within the first two years of his career, the first player at any point in any career in the history of the NBA. Luca is the first player in history to record multiple triple double, 30 point triple doubles in 30 minutes or fewer. Um, so I, I just want to keep saying this. I, I've been tweeting this occasionally. I started tweeting this at the beginning of the season. Um, we're just going to start calling a triple double uh, in three quarters a Luca. That's a Luca, man. Luca logging a triple double before the fourth quarter even starts. That's a Luca. I really want that to stick because I think it's uh, I think it's a cool thing that Luca does that most people really just don't even have the capacity or the ability to do. And Luca does it semi regularly. He puts up a Luca triple double. The the the, the triple double before the fourth quarter even kicks off. Uh, Mavs PR goes on to tweet one more tweet. Doncic also had thirty five points, ten rebounds, eleven assists in twenty five minutes and thirty seconds. And the last time they played Golden State, 
Uh, he's the only player in NBA history to have multiple games recording a 30-point triple-double in 30 minutes or less in a career, not just a single season. So that is Matt, at Mavs PR wanting to clarify to make sure how that we understand how ridiculously historic Luka Doncic is. Now, before we go on to talk more about this game, I just kind of want to say, I don't think what Luke is doing for him is anomalous. He is himself an anomaly, right? He is, he is freakish. He is unique. But the things he's doing are not just, oh, he's hot. The things he's doing are not just, oh, man, he's really on a hot streak. No, this, these are the things he's doing because these are the things he will do. I believe that, guys. And I, I'm not trying to overhype him, but... I mean, if he continues on this season, I said this, I said this much earlier into the season, but I'm going to say it again. I'm going to keep saying, cause I, I want you guys to remember this. If he keeps going, he's going to have the best individual single season Mavs season. He's, that was a very confusing way to say it. he's, he's having the best individual Mavs season statistically in the history, in the 40 year history of the Mavs better than any one of Dirk's prime years. Now, if you want to start, <clears throat> arguing for the significance of efficiency and things like that, <clears throat> then maybe Dirk's, you know, um, his 2007, his 2006, a couple of those years might might get into the conversation. But just raw production, Luke is doing something that no Maverick has ever done and something that almost no player has ever done as we're hearing these statistics keep popping up. Um, he's He is a historically great basketball player. I, I I'm just ready to say it, right? I don't I don't think that's going out on some great limb anymore. The only thing that will hold this guy back is health. Keep him healthy and he's going to be an all-time great basketball player. Where does that where does he finish in the pantheon of, you know, top 30, top 20, higher? I don't know. Um but the things he's doing are not like, wow, what a lucky streak he's on. These are just the things he's going to do. And I I said this in a recent pod, but like you're going to just watch defenses aggressively trap him and double team him. You're going to watch NBA quality defenses do things that coaches despise having to do because it breaks everything else down in the defensive uh, structure. They're going to start selling out. And you saw this in this golden state game. Now golden state's a trashy team right now. You know, they don't, they're not going to win very many games at all. Um, but you're going to see good teams start selling out to stop Luca. And, and I think the Mavs, are going to eviscerate that. Luca's too smart. He's too tall. He's too gifted. He's too elite. Um, he's just going to eat that up. He's going to slice it up. And I think that might end up cutting into some of his numbers, right? But I think it will lead to more more wins. I'm sure Carlisle and the coaching staff has already had this thought, right? Hey, what 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 are we going to do? How, what's our counter punch when other coaches start selling out to really just take the ball out of Luca's hands? Uh, I think Luca's going to destroy it. I think Luca's going to absolutely destroy it. You'll probably see things like uh, Seth Curry or Delon or Jalen bring the ball up and Luca start on the wing, you know, so you can't, you know, trap so much the the ball out of his hands because the ball won't be in his hands sometimes. Which, by the way, I love Luca in that position. I love Luca coming off a screen, you know, um, off a curl or something like that, and then having the ability to either play make or attack right there. I'd love to see that. Now, obviously, we we want the ball in Luca's hands as much as possible. Um, he leads the league in touches right now. But, uh, man, he's just, he's special, guys. Uh, I, listen, I try to be a very realistic fan. Now, let's understand what I am. I'm not a media member who's feigning objectivity. By the way, there's a lot of actual media members who work on these um, 
websites and blogs and they write that it's amazing to me how incredibly subjective they become when they start tweeting. It's like, Oh, you're, you're, you're a fan like me. Um, you know, so it's, it's pretty funny. I, I, I try as a fan, as an admitted fan, that's my starting point. Not a, I don't have to pretend to be an unbiased media member cause I'm, I'm not. Um, but as a fan, I try to keep pretty balanced. I try to stay pretty even keel. It's how I treat my life. And it's also how I treat my fandom. Now I'm a, I'm a rabid fan, right? But like I try to keep my expectations reasonable. So when I say I believe Luka Doncic is going to be an all-time great basketball player in the NBA, a historically, historically great basketball player, I, I don't do that because I'm up and down guy. I'm not the say crazy things, throw it up against the wall and see if it sticks guy. That's not who I am. I genuinely believe that you and I have good reason to believe Luca is going to be a legendary basketball player and that if he can stay healthy, he, he will achieve that. He's just spectacular. You know who else needs some love? Oh, by the way, I want to point it out again, 10 for 10 from free throws. And I think the Mavs, let me look it up. I think the Mavs hit, as a team hit all their free throws. Yeah, they were 21 of 21 from the field. They shot better than 52% from the field. <laughs> Catch this. On 51 attempts from three, they shot better than 47%. That is insanity. So they shot better than 52% from the field, better than 47% from three on 51 attempts, and they didn't miss a free throw in 21 attempts. Yeah, you're usually going to win that game, right? You're usually going to win that game. Uh, but still, it took the second half for the Mavs to really, really pull away. Uh, so I just wanted to point out the great free throw shooting, the great shooting uh, there from Luka and the team. All right, guys, here it is. Tim Hardaway Jr., 25 points. Now, he didn't do anything else. One assist, zero rebounds, zero steals, zero blocks, a turnover, not even committed a foul. Now, in 22 minutes, 25 points, 9 of 13 from the field, hit his one free throw, 6 of 8 from 3. Hey, how about a... How about a for Tim Hardaway Jr., man? Just shooting the lights out. Luka Doncic is so, so good for Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, in the same way that Luca is good for anyone on the court, I think maybe especially we've seen like for Dorian Finney-Smith, Luca just puts the ball in your hands in positions where you don't have to think, you don't have to sweat, you don't have to make a really hard play. Luca makes the hard play for you. 15 assists, 3 turnovers for Luca. I want to say that again because I love uh, high assist to low turnover games. I love that. But But you put the ball in Tim Hardaway Jr.'s hands where he doesn't have to dribble more than once or twice, and you just let him shoot. And... Man, I, I've been one of his largest, most vocal critics online. In Mavs Twitter, I raise my hand as one of the ones who is most critical of him, thinking he does not need to play, he does not need the playing time. This, even regardless of this massive contract he's making, I think a little over $20 million this year, he, I would rather see Seth play, I'd rather see DeLon play, I'd rather see Justin Jackson play. Um, definitely would rather see Dorian play, because of what he brings defensively. Uh, so I was very vocal, and I, I think... I think I was wrong. I think I was wrong. I hate to admit it, but I think my buddy Reese Conkle, who was extending a branch of hope for old Tim Hardaway Jr. this season. Now, Reese did not predict the kind of hot hotness we've been seeing, the heat we've been seeing from Tim Hardaway. But um, he was saying, hey, man, I think he might be the good option. I think, And I strongly pushed back against it. And um, though Reese's movie opinions... Uh, should not be listened to. His basketball opinions should be listened to. Uh, he's he's an insightful dude when it comes to hoops, and um, he I think he was optimistic with Tim Hardaway. And I think 
Tim Hardaway might be figuring things out. I don't know. He's not going to be 25 points a night on six of eight from three, nine of 13 from the field. That's not what he's going to be regularly. He will do that occasionally, which we've all said, because he is such a streaky player. But I think what we're seeing in Tim Hardaway Jr. is the result of Tim Hardaway Jr. locking in, getting focused, responding well to the starting responsibilities that Carlisle gave him. I think so. Tim Hardaway Jr. deserves the bulk of the credit, but Carlisle also deserves a massive amount of credit. And I think we also need to acknowledge that a lot of this is the greatness of Luka Doncic. Now, Hardaway's playing fine when Luka's not on the field, uh, on the field, on the court, but a lot of this is Luka just makes it so, so easy. It's got to be so easy to play next to Luka because he demands so much of the defense's attention. Um, if you're if you're a catch-and-shoot shooter, playing with Luka Doncic is just the easiest thing in the world because he's going to demand so much attention. It's probably even greater than, than you know it was for guys like Jason Terry playing alongside Dirk uh, because Luka has the ball. He starts the play so often with the ball, so the defense is already distracted. Whereas in Dirk's prime, you know, the, the ball, the, you know, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Jason Terry, whoever would bring the ball up, so the defense at least had to focus on the ball. Now with Luka having the ball the entire time, the defense is already locked in. And if they're going to have the tendency to forget about you, it's going to be that much more uh, amplified by the fact that Luka's running up the court with the ball. So you're going to like, there he is, there he is, there he is. Um, You know, kind of like a dog with a squirrel. Um, You know, and so you're going to be left open. You're going to get a lot of great looks. And we already know Luka is absolutely masterful at the skip pass, at the long cross-court pass. You know, Luka makes passes on the regular that normal NBA point guards would be stupid to attempt. But Luca does it because of his height, because of his high IQ. He can, he can just make those passes um, and he makes them easily. And rarely are there ever, are they ever even tipped? Uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Um, all right, let, 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 let's go on and talk about Chris Stapps. Chris Stapps in 26 minutes, 18 points, three rebounds, seven assists, four blocks. Now he did turn the ball over five times, which I, I knew I knew I can remember a couple. I did not remember five, um, six of 12 from the field, hit both his free throws, four of nine from three, just to, you know, how about a golf, a golf clap for, for KP just having a nice game and nice game. 26 minutes. Didn't even have to work up too much of a sweat, had some fun with uh, Draymond gotten a little, uh, uh, trash talking, Double technical, I think, with Draymond. Uh, I think it was a double tech. Maybe maybe they just split him up. I can't remember. But uh, didn't back down from Dre. I like that a lot. Uh, Seth Curry, 17 points. You know, playing in front of his injured big brother. Wants to hit some shots. Went 4 of 11 from 3. Uh, that's a lot of threes. 11 threes is nice for uh, for Seth Curry to get up in only 25 minutes. Hit four of them. You'll take that, absolutely. Hit all three of his free throws. Five of 13 from the field. Eh. Uh, only one assist in 25 minutes. You, you kind of want him to maybe... Help his teammates out a little more. Only one rebound, two steals, but those 17 points were big, uh, and they were important, especially some of them that were coming in the first half. Really, really nice. Uh, DeLon Wright, just another really nice DeLon Wright performance. I, I, I think like Dorian Finney-Smith, we have to acknowledge these defensive-minded players and acknowledge that their box scores will look a little different, and that's okay. DeLon Wright in only 21 minutes, 13 points, four assists, no turnovers, three rebounds, and three steals and a block. Six Six of seven from the field, one of two from three. Man, I love DeLon Wright. 
Once again, I'm going to call him up again. My boy Reese uh, wrote a great piece on DeLon uh, when we signed him, just talking about how he's going to be a great fit uh, next to Luca, a great fit in Carlisle's system. Uh, if you can go dig that up on Dallas Fanatic, you definitely should. It was a really good piece from Reese. Um, that rhymes. Uh, but no, just DeLon, really, really nice. I think... I think he likes coming off the bench. I think it's something psychological for him. He he seemed more comfortable when Rick put him in that reserve role. I would love to see him get more minutes, but uh, I love I love the production and the effort he gives at all times. And I just like the defensive presence he offers from the guard position. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I, I, he didn't really do anything in the game, and that's why I wanted to bring him up. Jalen Brunson uh, played 11 minutes, and in those minutes did nothing. Two points, two assists, a rebound, two fouls, um, missed his one three-pointer, uh, one of two from the field. I, I've been saying this for a while. I think when Seth and DeLon are really in a groove, Jalen is the odd man out. Obviously, J.J. is the ultimate odd man out. But I think Brunson uh, playing in 11 minutes in a game where Seth and DeLon are both playing really well and Hardaway's playing really well, I think that's probably going to be the norm. He's not as good a player. He's not as impactful player as Seth or DeLon. When they're both playing their game, Brunson needs to needs to sit. Um, I, I've said this for a while now. I think he's the likely trade option. If if a trade happens, I could see Brunson's rookie deal, his rookie contract, very low salary, um, and and very high upside as a either low end starter or high end backup point guard. I, I see that being attractive to to some teams out there that are looking for a solid uh, facilitator, ball handler out there. Jalen Brunson, a lot of teams, a lot of teams would be lucky to have. He's a good basketball player. Not great at anything, but good at everything. And um, I do think he might be the odd man out when it comes... But between Seth, DeLon, and Jalen, I think Jalen's probably the odd man out. We'll see We'll see if his playing time ticks up. Um, Dwight Powell, regular night for him. 4-5 or five from the field. Hit both his free throws. That's nice to see. 10 points, 8 rebounds in 24 minutes. Did grab a, a did, did swipe a couple steals for Dwight. It's nice to see him. I, I just kind of think this is who Dwight is. I think the Mavs probably were hoping... When they gave him the the nice contract this off season or the extension, um, when they when they gave him that money, I bet they were hoping for something closer to fourteen points a game. You know, the eight rebounds is, is solid, is fine. I, I don't think that's Dwight. I think Dwight is a on an average. I think he's a ten or eleven point a game guy. I think that's who he's gonna be. Um, if you can need him only to make three or four shots a game, four or five shots a game, then I think you'll be happy with him. If you need your starting center, starting power forward, whatever they call him, um, to get you 15 tonight, he's not going to do that. Now, there will be nights where he does that, of course. He's going to do that on some nights just on lob finishes, right? Uh, and he's a nice finisher around the cup, but he's just he's just not a guy you can have as a primary offensive option. He's not a top three offensive option. He's a fourth or fifth offensive option. And I think I think that's fine. The Mavs offense is humming along, obviously. And so uh, I think we'll have to just be okay with the fact that he's maybe a little overpaid. Dorian Finney-Smith just did another Dorian Finney-Smith type thing. Eight points, three assists, four rebounds, uh, no turnovers in 28 minutes, three of six from the field, hit his one free throw, hit his one three-pointer. Um, so, I mean, I just, I, man, I'm really liking Dorian Finney-Smith. I really love what Dorian and Maxie and DeLon and KP, I love what these guys are doing on defense, man. Um, just want to say it again in case you forgot, KP had four blocks and altered a lot of other shots last night. Um, just, I, I really like kind of the the defensive potential that some of these guys have. Now, last night, the defense was 
horrific in that first half from both teams. Um, but both teams were just hot offensively, and uh, it seemed like defense was not a priority. <laughs> All right, let's let us let us move on. Uh, let's move on uh, to a couple of y'all's uh, questions and comments. My boy at Tyler Adams, a T O M S. Tyler Adams says, should the Mavs play a small ball lineup of Curry, Wright, Hardaway Jr., Luca, and KP when they're down big? I think that means when they're when they're losing big, when there's a big deficit. Um, I'd be up for it, man. Absolutely. I like, I like Curry, right? Um, I like Luca. I like KP, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. I'm still coming around on, but he's been so good recently. There's no reason to think that Curry and Wright would be anything, anything, but a decent, um, defensive backcourt. We know what Curry can do offensively. We know what Wright can do offensively. Um, you know, I think like a lot of things, Tyler, that that lineup you're projecting depends on what is the, the the power level of the center on the opponent's team. Like, like do they have a, a post score? Because if most teams don't, right? Most teams really do not. Um, so if 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 KP is allowed to to kind of guard someone who's not going to bully him, not someone who's not going to beat him up, that's good. And most guys are honestly, though KP lack, lacks a lot of strength. Most teams don't have a guy who's actually skilled enough and strong enough to beat him up. You know, you think of guys like Embiid, Drummond, those guys will beat him up. You know, uh, Jokic probably will though. Jokic isn't a, a vicious player. He's huge. He's not vicious. Um, but some, some teams just have guys that are too strong for KP on a regular basis. And I'm convinced that anyone is too strong for Dwight Powell to guard in the post. Um, but yeah, I like Curry and Wright as a as a one-two punch. Obviously, Luca will be the, the offensive engine there. And if Tim Hardaway Jr. is uh, is playing like he's playing, I was, I was trying to say, I think it all kind of hinges on Tim Hardaway Jr. Can he slow his man? Um, I know Rick seems to really like keeping Dorian on the on the court in those big moments. Um, but yeah, I, I would love to see a lineup like that just for the like you said for the offensive punch. Uh, that might be that might be something that we see here in the future. Hopefully, actually. Hopefully we never see it because I don't want to be down big. Uh, let's be up big. All right. Let, let, let's, let's, let's have what we've been getting. Uh, let's just keep uh, blowing t- people out and not be on the bad end of that. Uh, ben says, who does Marquis Chris think he is? Well, I'm afraid he thinks he's an NBA player when he may not be. Um, but yeah, he, he guys don't like Luca, man. Guys don't, I mean, you know, opponents, opponents don't like Luca. He shows them up. He showboats. He just absolutely humiliates them when he's not even trying. Like he, he just makes you look like the fool. And so, uh, I think what's going to happen eventually, and this doesn't happen too often, maybe once or twice a year. Uh, I think Luca's going to get in a fight at some point. I think it's going to happen. Now, maybe Luca is Luca's fiery. Like Luca's got to fire, right? We don't know if he can fight at all. Um, but Luca likes to pop up and get back in your face. And he, if you saw the highlight last night of when Chris pushed him down, if you didn't see the play, they got tangled up innocently and Chris took it way too far and like extended both his arms and shoved. And that's not an exaggeration, shoved Luca who was off balance, um, away. Now what, unfortunately there was a cameraman right there and Luca tripped over him and went down pretty hard and he was fine. He popped right back up. But Luca, if you could read his lips, he was like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. And um, and uh, I don't know if Luca really means that or if that's just what people do um, when they pop up and they've been embarrassed or something. But uh, I'm afraid that's gonna that kind of roughing you up stuff is gonna keep happening uh, until either Luca 
does something about it or until another Mavs teammate stands up for him. We'll see though. Um, yeah, who does Mar- who does Marquise Chris think he is? Uh, I think he he's going to be uh, in contention for a G League spot here in the future. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, obviously, a huge disappointment disappointment from his high draft uh, draft selection with the Suns. Uh, Barracuda says, "Oh yeah, there you go. Twenty one of twenty one free throws. Exactly, man. You're not going to lose too many games when you hit all your free throws, right?" Uh, Scott, uh, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm going to mispronounce your name, Scott. Scott uh, Herix. Herricks, Herricks. Sorry, Scott. Um, loved Delon Wright's game tonight. Not a super sexy box score for him, but his presence was felt. Let me just stop you right there, Scott. I think we maybe we need to redefine what a sexy box score is from Delon Wright. Like, hey, three steals, no turnovers, twenty-one minutes, six to seven from the field. All those things sounded very sexy to me, Scott. I know exactly what you mean. You didn't score thirty or grab twelve rebounds and didn't have seven steals or something like that. I know what you mean. Um, but yeah, his his presence was felt, especially defensively with those three steals. You said, Scott. Do you think he should be getting more minutes, or is he good where he is around twenty? I, I've like I said earlier, Scott. I'd like to see him get a few more minutes. I just think his impact is really really nice. I like him and Seth Curry getting more minutes and Jalen getting less. I like Jalen. Uh, I just think the other two are better basketball players. I don't want, it's not personal. I just think those two are more impactful basketball players. When Jalen is, is at his best and when Seth is at his best and when DeLon is at his best, I want Seth and DeLon. I want the things they are great at over the all around solid game that Jalen brings. All right. So it's not a hate thing. It's just, I really think they're better basketball players. Then you kind of bring in the the side stuff of, you know, we just signed them both. They're both making, I think, $8 billion a year. Jalen's on a rookie deal. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Dylan posts a, a trade on the trade machine or trade uh, NBA.com. It's Drew Holiday and Etuan Moore uh, for Tim Hardaway, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, and a second round pick. Uh, and you say, what do you think? Uh, I think... I think that sounds like a trade that a Mavs fan thought up, Dylan. I don't think there's any, 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 any way uh, that the Pelicans are letting go of Drew Holiday for something less than an actual star player in return. Um, Drew Holiday's a star. Now, I don't, I don't think he's an All NBA quality player like some people seem to think. Um, I think he's a, like I said recently, I think he's a phenomenal third best player on your team a really good second best player in your team i don't think he's a an a type player i don't think he's an alpha dog a quality offensive force he's a great defensive player for sure uh but no they're they're, the pelicans can can get a star of some of some kind for drew holiday and so i don't think that's a likely trade i like you thinking that way though man keep keep sending me those trades and i'll I'll keep uh doing my very amateur best to analyze it i I would love that trade for the Mavs. so if if the the pels would say yes dylan uh i think uh the Mavs would say yes in a heartbeat um all right guys so fun fun night mavs win by 20 141 121 over the lowly golden state warriors uh, they had a lead as high as 30 luca is doing absolutely historic things d'angelo russell though he had the health scare the next scare came back in the game seems like he's gonna be fine um mavs are humming right along and have a game against the lakers on sunday you guys be good freaking go mavs